It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, rough times for the Hawks. A good sign and more pass rush. Yes, please. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to head over to YouTube, subscribe on our YouTube page, or listen for free wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Well, it was a rough weekend for the Atlanta Hawks and uh, game one against the Boston Celtics uh, did not go the Hawks way. Now, 112-99, the score feels a lot better than what that game was. The game was at one point a 32-point contest for the Boston Celtics. And look, the first half, the Hawks were one for 16 from three. The Celtics shot 64% or somewhere around there. They had 70 points at the half. Things did not go well for the Atlanta Hawks up in Boston in the first half of that game. Now, yes, they battled back and they did some good things. And yeah, they kind of fought and scratched and clawed but I'm not giving them any kind of moral victory for this. And look, can they take some things into game two? Eh, Okay. We said this last week, the Celtics are a better team. The the Celtics are just a better team. When you look at top to bottom, you know, Tatum had 25 points. White had 24 points. He only averages about 12 or 13 a game. Jalen Brown in his first game back, had 29 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Things just did not go well. The Hawks shot one for 16 from three. So what were the two things that we brought up as a talking point last week for the Hawks? That number one, they had to play some good defense. Now, again, when you see the final score at 112 points, you say, okay, well, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, but they gave up, what, 73 points? Uh, what, 74 points in the first half. They did a good job in the second half, but I think part of that is the idea that the Celtics took their foot off the gas pedal. I do think that that had a role in what happened is that the Celtics took their foot off the gas pedal when all was said and done. Because again, once you're up by 32, now you're trying to run out the clock. When, when, when you have a 32-point lead in the third quarter of a game, you're trying to just run out the clock at that point. You don't necessarily care about points. I'll give you a perfect example, okay? When the Hawks battled back and they got it down from 32 points, they got it down to 12 at one point, right? They made this big comeback and they got it down and they got it down to 12 points, okay? Excuse me. Got it down to 12. Well, the Hawks, or sorry, the Celtics then went on a six-point run. And you saw... Okay, all the Hawks are doing these good things. Bogey 
Bogey had the uh, the layup and and the three point play the old way, right? And they got it down to twelve, and then the Celtics come right back and they turned it on and they scored six straight points and they got the lead back up to eighteen. Hawks had to call a timeout and you know it kind of stayed in that. 15, 12, 13 kind of range, and the Hawks never, Hawks were never any closer than that. When the Celtics had to turn it on, they turned it on. So that was the first thing we talked about is their defense. They had to play better defense. They were giving up 127 points and 52% from uh, the field and 45% from three. Now, the Celtics, <clears throat> excuse me, they shot at 39.4% from three. 47.7% overall. So a, a little bit better. They held them under their season average. But again, you expect that in the playoffs, things are going to be a little bit different. Things get a little bit tighter. Thing, things are condensed a little bit, right, when you get to a playoff game. So the Hawks didn't do a, a bad job in the second half. But in the first half that game, the Celtics were getting to the lane and to the middle of the floor anytime they wanted to. They they did not respect the Hawks' defense on the inside. They were getting to the, to, to the basket, getting on the inside. They had a lot of easy baskets, <clears throat> and the Hawks just could not defend them on the inside. Now, that changed in the second half. Again, if you're looking for positives, the Hawks did a better job of getting to the basket and getting to the middle of the floor in the second half of the game. So you have to kind of take these little kernels and nuggets of positivity away from this but this was a disaster I mean th this was a disaster I think it's part that the Hawks <clears throat> part that the Hawks did some good things but the fact is you were down by 32 points in a playoff game on the road didn't have a whole lot of shot now the other thing that we talked about is the Hawks had to shoot better from three they were shooting 26.7% from three against the Celtics this year. And we brought up Trey Young and said, look, he's got to hit some threes. He's got to be better. Well, the Hawks finished five for 29 from three. And the fact is that they started two for their first 22. They were one for 16 in the first half. Trey was only one for five. Hunter was one for four. Collins was 0 for one. Murray was 0 for 6 from 3. Bogey was 2 for 7. Johnson 0 for 2. Sadiq Bey was 1 for 4. They had a miserable shooting night. So the other part of this is you figure that the Hawks can't shoot it worse, right? And the Hawks and Celtics will match back up on Tuesday. You figure that they can't shoot it worse than what they did. But they're still going to have to play much better defense against the Celtics, and they're going to have to shoot the ball and come out shooting it well. And again, we talked about this last week, that that was the two things I was looking for, and neither one of those things happened, especially in the first half when the game went, with, with all due respect, the game was decided in the first half. The, the Celtics were up by, whatever, 28, 30 points in the first half. They got it up to 32 in a, a little bit through the third quarter. And yes, the Hawks battled their way back and different things. But again, that game was decided in the first half. So again, I'll have the same narrative when we talk about the, the matchup tomorrow. They have to play better defense and they have to shoot the three ball better. That's the two things that the Hawks have to do. And if they give up, you know, again, the Celtics were shooting almost 64% and I believe it was 47, 46, 47% in the first half. 
and they had 74 points. If that trend continues, the Hawks are going to get run out. And, and I do think that this is a series where when you look, this series is either going to be the Celtics are going to kick the crap out of the Hawks and it'll be four, maybe five games when all is said and done, or the Hawks find a way to battle them to a seven-game set. That that's that's how this thing is going to be. Celtics got their haymaker in in the first game. Okay, now let's see how the Hawks respond. Because, again, all you have to do is win one of these two games. But I thought that Saturday was the game to win. The Hawks had the big win in Miami just a few nights ago. They were playing well. They did a lot of things that we didn't expect them to do. And the other thing, too, about that game on Saturday was the Hawks did not do all the things that the Hawks did well as far as 50-50 balls and, and getting those balls. That did not happen in the Celtics game. The Celtics were getting every loose ball on the floor, it felt like. So, again, we'll see how that they regroup in, in game two. I expect a much better effort. But the Celtics hadn't played in eight days leading into Saturday. Yes, they were at home. The crowd was jazzed up. I expect that the crowd will smell blood in the water because if the Celtics get up oh, uh, sorry, 2-0 in this set, then they'll feel like that they control the series. And, again, most likely they could win a game in Atlanta when it gets back down there. But let's see how the Hawks regroup when all this stuff is said and done. <clears throat> let's see how they, they get. I expect a much better effort from the Hawks. But again, defense, shooting the three ball. Those two things have to dramatically improve if the Hawks are not just going to be competitive, but if they're going to find a way to win. They can't get down by 30. They can't allow the Celtics to shoot the ball very well. And they have to hit some of their own threes. All of those things played out on Saturday for all the things that the Hawks could not do going into that game. All right, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And if you're a new customer and you sign up to FanDuel, you can claim your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. The FanDuel app is safe, secure, super easy to use, but you can claim your no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet on everything from prop bets to how many homers Aaron Judge is going to hit to the score of the game to everything in between. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today and sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on today and sign up and get claim your no sweat first bet where you can get as much as a thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash L O C K E D O N. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. So it was a good sign for the Atlanta Braves that Ozzy Albies kind of came out of a little bit of a funk that he had had. Now, Ozzy was kind of one of the guys who was off to a slow start. Obviously, the Braves had a big weekend. Braves won all three games. Now the Braves are, what, on a six-game winning streak. They swept the Kansas City Royals. They swept the Cincinnati Reds. So, so far, so good on this road trip where they swept the Kansas City. And the Kansas City Royals are not a very good team. Let's, let's, let's be honest, okay? The Royals are a dreadful team, but 
the Braves went in there and did what they had to do in a, in a weird interleague series this early in the year. Braves went in, did what they had to do. But one of the encouraging signs, and the Braves scored a lot of runs over the weekend. They scored 10 runs on Friday. They scored nine runs <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday and scored five more yesterday. And Vaughn Grissom had the game-winning hit and drove in, uh, drove in the game-winning run. So they found a way to you know, come back and, and win that game. But one of the good signs was Ozzie Albies over these last couple of games. He was five for nine with a couple of runs scored, a double, a homer. He homered yesterday in the game, a homer and five RBI. And literally, he rose his batting average from going into the game on Saturday. It was 214. By the time the weekend was finished, he was hitting 262. Now, his on base is still not very good, but certainly his slugging went up, his OPS went up and things like that. But more importantly is that let's hope that this is a good sign for Ozzy. Because as you have Matt Olson hitting in that number two spot, you want production still through the middle of your order, right? I mean, you want those three, four, five guys to be able to produce a lot of runs. And with Olsen kind of in a non-traditional run-producing role, and look, he's off to a great start, and Olsen's batting the ball everywhere and just pounding it all around, <clears throat> the homers, everything. No arguments from what Matt Olsen has given you, but certainly from your traditional run-producing areas of your lineup, you wanted to kind of see more, right? Riley's had a really good start from batting average, but again, it's only been a couple of homers and seven RBI. That was the same as what Orlando Arcia had had to this point. But Ozzy, I think, is still really that key to their lineup. I still think that, and, and we talked about this before the start of the season, that I thought that he would have a big bounce back year and he would do some really good things for this club. But, you know, it's been a little bit of a slow start. And, and he's been one of the guys that's gotten off to a slow start. But still, encouraging signs that the last couple of days in that game that he played so well, that that he found a way to get things done. And last two days in Saturday and Sunday, now let's hope that that carries over, right? Let's hope that that carries over. And again, five for nine, you don't expect that kind of pace, but certainly some better swings. Certainly you saw some of the power that he had, you know, driving the ball, you know, into the gaps and obviously the home run yesterday, you saw that kind of power stroke back. And look, I love Ozzy Albies. Like I, I'm an, I am an unabashed Ozzy Albies fan. You know, I had said for years that everybody kept talking about, Oh, well, Freddie Freeman's the most underrated player and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, Freddie Freeman's the best first baseman in major league baseball. He's not underrated. The guy who's underrated stands 60 feet to his right in Ozzy Albies. Nobody talks about Ozzy. Nobody talks about the production that he brings. And a couple of years ago, 30 homers, 100 runs, 100 driven in, right? I mean, he's the guy that isn't talked about enough. He's been one of the most productive offensive second basemen in the game, and nobody talks about him. So I've always been a big Ozzy fan. And look, I, I, he can steal bases. He can do just about everything. He plays really good defense. I, I love Ozzy. And the fact is, that, you know, I thought that one of the keys for keeping this lineup extended, right? Because I didn't know what Rosario or Nozuna or some of these other guys were going to bring to the Braves lineup. I didn't know what some of those guys were going to bring. We knew, obviously, Ronnie was off to, you know, look, he certainly he's a linchpin piece. Olsen, Riley, 
Darno, Sean Murphy. You expect those guys to perform. But I didn't know what Rosario, Ozuna, some of these other guys, even Arcia to a degree, what some of those guys would bring. Would Michael Harris have that sophomore slump or anything like that? So I was counting on the idea of Ozzy coming back, being healthy, and being a real key into what this lineup was going to do. And now that we're seeing him kind of get back in a little bit of form, this is all good signs. And look, Ozzy could be a regular 30 homer, 100 RBI, 100 run scored guy, 20 steal kind of guy. We talk about Ronnie in his 40-40. I don't think that there's any reason why that Ozzy Albies couldn't be a 30-30 type of guy, maybe at least 25-25, but there's no reason why Ozzy couldn't be at that 30-30. If Ronnie could be 40-40, I don't see a reason why Ozzy couldn't be 30-30. And that was kind of the, in the old days, that was the standard of 30 homers, 30 stolen bases that a lot of guys got into that category. Very few guys got into 40-40. Ronnie can do that. Ozzy probably not in that kind of group of players, but certainly a 30-30 guy. And it's good to see that he had a big weekend getting back on track, five for nine the last couple of days. We certainly hope that that carries over because, again, to keep this lineup as deep as you can with some of the struggles of the Rosarios and Ozuna and different things like that, obviously with Darno hurt, obviously with Michael Harris hurt, to keep that lineup as deep as you possibly can, you need Ozzy. You need Ozzy to figure it out and get it on track. You need Ozzy as a you know to have that big bounce back season, and obviously the Braves are battling way more injuries than than what they wanted to. You know, obviously we talked about Azuna last week that they need him to produce. They they need him to come through and do something. Right now it's not happening, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I, I don't know that there's ever going to be a, a, a big sign from Marcelo Azuna that he's going to go on this hot streak. But certainly Ozzy is a guy who is capable of doing that. And obviously Ozzy is a guy that is a real linchpin in this lineup. You hope for him to get back on track. Hopefully the last couple of days were an encouraging sign as a bounce back. And hopefully he carries that momentum forward through the rest of the season. All right. We uh, remind you to make Hitting Hard with John Chuck where you first listen every day. But make sure when you listen that you leave us a comment. We're calling it our everydayer. So if you listen every day, go into the comment section of your favorite podcast or on YouTube and leave us a message that you are an everydayer. So we want to kind of find out who's our everyday listener. So we appreciate it. We appreciate the fact that you do listen in every day. But when you go in and listen, hit the uh, hit the subscribe button on our on our pages, but also leave us a message that you are an everyday listener to us. So the Falcons made another signing for more pass rush with Bud Dupree signing a one-year, $5 million contract from the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, some familiarity with, you know, uh, Arthur Smith, Bud Dupree played for Tennessee, drafted originally by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But again, another guy who is coming here and choosing the Falcons now, look, I don't know what Bud Dupree has left in the tank or whatever. I mean, he's he's at a point where, what is he, 20, sorry, 29 years old. He's going to be 30 years old here. Uh, well, he just turned 30 years old back in February. So, you know, again, 
I'm looking at this from the standpoint of more rotational guys to sack the quarterback, right? Bud Dupree played and started in 11 games last year. The only thing that concerns me is just, you know, he's only he's only started uh, or started and played in um, 11 games a year for the past three seasons. So in 2020, in the pandemic year, started and played in 11 games. He only made six starts two years ago and played in 11 games. And then last year played in and started 11 games. So that trend has continued for three years. So again, you're looking for a rotational guy probably at this point, but six of the games that he started in, he played 75% or more of the snaps for the Titans. So six of the 11 starts that he made was 75% or more of the snaps. Now, I don't know that he's going to get up to that total because, again, we're looking at a whole group of guys. You know, the Ebicates and Lorenzo Carters and Bud Dupree and, you know, obviously Onyemata, you know, who's going to play probably more on the inside, but Calais Campbell probably playing on the outside. So you're going to work a lot of guys into your rotation. And then if you add the number eight draft pick into that mix, which, again, you still have to find this fire breather. Right. I mean, all of these guys can put you up four or five sacks or different things like that, but you still need that fire breather. Right. You need a guy who can come in and consistently get somewhere in the eight to 10 sack range. You know, I don't think Bud Dupree is that that player anymore. Bud Dupree has obviously had some big years. He had 11 and a half sacks one year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had eight in his final year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, again, he has been that guy in the past, but I'm not expecting him to come in here and overwhelm this offense or, or sorry, overwhelm this defense, or whatever like that. If he can come in and again, be the guy that he was last year, give you four sacks and hopefully maybe that he stays healthier. Maybe if he has a reduced role in the Falcons defense where he's not playing 75% of the snaps, because that was the thing about Lorenzo Carter is that he played a lot of snap percentage played a really high snap percentage last year. He was about 75% for the season. Well, if you bring that role down, maybe you have Bud Dupree healthier and his production can go up. Because if you're missing six games, you would figure that, okay, he's good for a sack or two or more in that six games that he missed last year. And hence, he only had four sacks this previous season. So if he's another guy who can come in... <clears throat> and get us four to six sacks, I'm good with all of that. And I think you manage his snap count. I think that you 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 find a way to keep him healthy by managing his snap count, and now he's part of a rotation of guys. And I again, I've said, I don't care how we get to 38, 40 sacks, okay? You, you can write down on a piece of paper, write, write down on a piece of paper that 40 is your number. 40 sacks, that's what I'm looking for. 40 sacks, right? Since 2016, 70% of the playoff teams have been 38 or more sacks. So 40 is that magic number. You get to 40 sacks, we'll be a playoff defense. I don't care. I don't care about division or whatever, you know, and where we finish in all that. You have 40 sacks on your team. You're going to be a playoff team. Okay. So if he can come in and just be a rotational guy and, and minimize, you know, I don't want to say minimize, but, but keep his snap count <clears throat> at a reasonable percentage, 
whether maybe it's 50 to 60% of the snaps over the course of the season, then I think that he can be a really good contributor for this defense. And look, they don't have much invested in him, right? One year, $5 million, okay? Some incentives built in and different things like that. So you don't have a whole crap ton invested into him. So I like the signing. Uh, Again, more pass rush, please. And now let's go get a pass rusher with the eighth draft pick. Let's go get a pass rusher to at number eight to kind of round out this defense and, and keep as many guys rotating in to the game defensively on our line that can get to the quarterback. I don't care about secondary and all that. Coverage sacks is a myth. You either have a guy who can get to the quarterback or you don't have a guy who can get to the quarterback. Quarterbacks will rip you apart. Okay, you 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 can't you, you can't cover everybody in your defensive backfield, so you got to have a guy or two or four or five, right? I promise you, Nick Sirianni didn't get up in front of the media at any point last season and say, "Well, we just got too many pass rushers. We just got too many guys who can sack the quarterback. We just got too many guys who can get after the quarterback." So good signing in Bud Dupree. Let's add the eighth draft pick. Obviously, the draft is a week from this coming Thursday. Let's add the number eight pick as another pass rusher. And now I'll feel better about where we're at and actually getting to the quarterback. Could we, could we, I mean, could we honestly, could we see a 40 sack season out of the Atlanta Falcons defense? Could that be a possibility? We've only had 39 sacks the last two years combined. Let's hope that that number is beaten and we get to 40 sacks this year get to 40 sacks then i'll feel like you're a playoff caliber defense all right well, thank you so much for making hitting hard with john check your first listen make sure when you do listen into the show that you leave us a comment and tell us that you are an everyday listener so if you listen into us every single day make sure you leave us a comment make sure you let us know that you are out there we call it our everydayers so please leave us a comment and you can also subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. You can get the latest episodes of hitting hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH three one six back with you tomorrow. This has been hitting hard with John Chuckery locked on sports Atlanta. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.